Hey guys, this is Casey, and before we get this week's episode going, I just wanted to come on and address some things. I've had several people reach out to me and ask about Chad. Uh, Why is he not on the podcast? Why is he not doing wrestling shows? Why has he seemingly vanished from social media? Um, Yes, we're still very close friends. Yes, we still talk pretty much every day. Uh, So it's nothing like that. Um, I really can't talk about what's going on, but uh, you guys will find out soon enough. Let's just say that uh, he's having to negotiate some things. So with that said, I hope you enjoy this week's podcast. This is Wrestling for the Faith. Wrestling for the Faith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. So, it's... Casey, the coach, Jonna and Denna back with you again. This is episode 80. I just wanted to go ahead and hit record right in the middle of our conversation because it reminded me of some good old times. I was talking about sketchy motels. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, we, yeah. Uh, so y'all were talking about something that you stayed in in Atlanta for a Braves game. No, we didn't stay there. Oh, you decided no. not to stay there. No, I Coach ain't sleeping there. Yeah. <laughs> now listen, I'm not picky at all, but this is pushing my boundaries, so no, it didn't happen that time. Uh, so I, I remember uh, wrestling at a legendary wrestling studio building. I'm not going to say the name of it, Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, anybody who was there back in the day, early to mid 2000s you'll you'll know where i'm talking about but we were uh, this place had a studio in the in the bottom of it or well it wasn't actually the bottom of it but on a, on a level of it and we used to do wrestling shows uh for the usa championship wrestling there is who i went there first for and then uh, tony falk started running uh, uswo in there and uh but this was like this, it's, it was the TV studio that, you know, and so, you know, kind of like a little NWA setup, you know, just a few rows of chairs around each side and everything. But I remember being in there one night uh, doing a show and watching uh, EMTs and police officers come out with a, uh, a stretcher with a body bag on it. Mm. And this is like, a, yeah, it's kind of like crack house usa back in those days mm. so uh yeah so that was uh that's I, i've stayed in some sketchy ones uh we haven't <laughs> because i am very 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 thorough in my investigation of where we are going to say i check reviews I Google the place. I look for pictures on Google Maps. Like, I want to see what my surroundings are mm-hmm. because I um, I can't. I can't deal with a gross, nasty, sketchy hotel. Well, what happens? What about back in the day when there wasn't a such thing as a Google machine? I was too little and don't remember. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe, and you know what? Maybe that's why I'm so anxious when we book places. Maybe I did have a bad experience that I've wiped from my memory <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. You know, sketchy. Don will say. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, back in the day, you actually had to go to the place. Like, you just kind of stopped. 
And yeah. like you could walk in. If you didn't like it, you just got back in the car and went on to the next one. Now, I do remember doing that as a kid. We mm-hmm. were at a softball tournament, and it was really late, and we were planning on driving home. And Mom was really tired, and she's like, you know what? We're just going to stop at this hotel. Um, we went and checked out the room, and we ended up driving home. <laughs> yeah, they have. I don't know. I mean, I, I've, I've stayed in plenty of... Uh, it wasn't too... They wasn't up my alley, I'll say that. But, you know, kind of back in the day when you was trying to run the roads and make a name for yourself in the wrestling business, you just kind of had to go with whatever you could get and uh, take whatever come to you. Especially if you was the green guy, you just kind of... Hey, you ain't making you ain't making no money, so just... Uh, you just go and, and stay wherever you can stay, sometimes in a car or wherever. But. Yeah, I'll sleep in a car first. Yeah, I, <laughs> I got say. no problem sleeping in the car. No. No problem. So, anyway, what what was you getting huffy with me for when I hit record? You you were about to say something. I, I don't she know. wasn't ready. I was not ready. <laughs> she was not prepared. Didn't have your makeup on. <laughs> How's my hair look, John? Look okay? It looks about as good as mine. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh, just to throw this out there, uh, we have started doing something, and this is this has drawn us closer together as husband and wife. Uh, and the coach and Dennis just started doing it this week. We started doing it last week. How about DoorDash date nights? Love it. Yes, I love it. So fun. <laughs> how how cool. So, you know, you've always heard old DoorDash and Uber Eats and, and doing this stuff. And and uh, me and Jonna just, what was it, last Friday, I guess, mm-hmm. a couple of Fridays ago, uh, we were out going out to eat and then was like, hey, you know, I, I've got this account, but we've never used it. Let's see. Let's see what happens. And she pops it up and boom, it starts sending us orders. So we're running all around town taking people's food to uh, to them and, uh, you know, making a little money while you're having to put up with your wife. Or, I mean... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's putting up with the husband. <laughs> yes, I'll agree with that statement. Anyway, that, I, I thought that was pretty fun, and it, it's a fun way to spend date night at least once or twice a week. Yeah, we did it for the first time last night, and we had a lot of fun. Yeah, so yeah, we started last night, and we argued the whole time, but it was great. We did not really argue the whole time. We say argue, we pick at each other, so that's just Um, for... No, that's the same You pick at me. I'll agree with this. Yeah, that's probably true. You pick at me, and then you push the buttons and make me want to pinch your head off. Yeah, so she does the driving. She started, she drove, she drove. And I'd get I'd deliver the food. Well, I did three trips because it was late. Yeah, but it was really fun. We had a good time. I pick at her about her driving and all that stuff. And I, I do the same thing. And I know how Jonna drives, so I'm like, I bet Jonna gets there ten minutes or less. <laughs> yeah. Remember that pizza commercial? Thirty minutes or less was free. She probably gets there in like five minutes. And that's my whole thing. And I'm like, get it there fast. Their food's still hot. Mm-hmm. 
You know? So you need to start learning how to drive like Jonna. Are we hitting curbs? And now she didn't I tried drive. to drive like Jonna last night. He was like, you need to slow down. Speed limit is 35 through here. <laughs> sweet. Is this it? And I don't think that's it. Now you've got to turn around. Is this it? And I don't think that's it. You just passed it again. Now, we can, it's dark now. Nighttime is harder. I will yeah, nighttime it, it was hard because you can't hard see numbers. There's, I'm yeah. like, I think that's him. Well, we're both blind anyway, so it's like. <laughs> there's, there's been several times that there's been people be like, you know, there's such and such color car in the driveway, yeah. you know, in the we description and whatnot. Yeah. And the address is like 155, whatever. And I'm like, honey, you're doing 75 down this one-way street. I can't see what <laughs> color the cars are, and I can't see the mailbox. So I don't know what. <laughs> I'm just trying to get it there. Uh, just like I tell you when you're on somebody's bumper. Rear-ending them ain't going to help us get anywhere well, if they any would quicker. Look in the rearview mirror and see that somebody's on their rear end. They can move. That well, is just curious. We got food to deliver. It's kind of hard to do that on a one-way street. I can do it. Oh, Listen, if we die, we're not going to get their food anyway, Dennis. That's right. See? Well, see? hey, but you know what? We die, we know where we're going. We were dedicated. Amen. Yep. We were intentional. Yeah, but... But if you're doing 70 and a 35, do you not feel the least little bit of conviction from the Holy Spirit? The only conviction I get is the people that made the speed limits that it does not need to be 35. <laughs> like in the state or in the county, Benton, Polk County, whatever, there is no reason it needs to be 40. It's four lanes. I agree with that. Yeah, I think I agree with that too. Especially here in Benton, it goes from 35 to 55. To yeah. The 45, it seems like within just a couple of minutes of each other, I'm like, do I speed up? Do I slow down? I mean, y'all live over here. We're over here, but it's to me, it's just like every two or three miles, mm-hmm. it goes up five and goes down five. I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. Am I going 55 and a 35, or is it 45 now? I don't know. <laughs> well, in my defense, I don't do 75 and a 35. She, I don't either. I do like 47, and Brandon freaks out. But here's the thing, though. On our road, people flop down that road all the time. But as sure as I go 10 miles over the speed limit, I'll get pulled over when people most of the time treat our road like it's the Daytona 500 Speedway. We've been yeah. the ones that get pulled over. We're going 10 miles, and these guys are going 30. That's the, that's the problem I have with because it's like we've been the ones that get pulled over, you know, mm-hmm. we're going 10 miles over the speed limit. Yeah, it happens. Uh, all right, well. Let's see. What, what's on everybody's heart this week? So just let everybody know, hey, if you're, if you're out there and you want something fun to do on date night and make a little money, hey, try DoorDash. Try Uber Eats. Uh, try one of those because it, it's just been, uh, it's been a fun and entertaining time for us. Like, like Coach uh, and Dennis said, you know, we all pick at each other. And so, like, with Jonna, I mean, see, my thing is, I've got a conviction. If I'm five miles an hour over the speed limit, you know, I'm convicted. You're convicted and of I, doing 40 and a 45. But I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Casey's but, gone and turtles are passing him. He's a coach. But see, I guess, I guess, coach, that shows our, that our sanctification level is a little higher. That's, a, that's than, our maturity level. Yeah, that's our spiritual maturity level. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, then I guess what that means for us, John, is that we just have a little more faith than they do. That's right. Um, <laughs> no, y'all got snake handler faith, which we know that's not faith at all. <laughs> oh. 
Oh my lord! All right. What 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 y'all got going on here? I, I see you got your Bibles open to Titus. What's what's on your heart? Well, John and I have had several conversations, and God had brought this to my mind last week um, through Brandon. Um, I'm in Titus chapter one, verse sixteen, and so I'll start with this. So when when I find out that somebody's coming to my house. I go into, we need to clean like we ain't never cleaned before. And I'm like, kids, we got to pick this up, pick this up. So-and-so's coming over. We got to get this house cleaned up. It's such a mess. And it's because I, I don't want them to see what my house really looks like. Because I am I'm going to be the first to admit, I'm not the best house cleaner in the world. I used to, listen, I used to keep my house super clean when the kids were little. And... I noticed that I was, as they got a little bit older, when I would come in the door, I was constantly gripping. As soon as I come in the door, why is that in the floor? You need to pick that up. And I thought, you know what? These kids are not going to remember that they had a super clean house. They're going to remember that their mom came home gripping every breath for the first 30 minutes that she was home. So I stepped back and then I got lazy. Let's just be honest. <laughs> I got lazy. Um... But, so, all that to say, we don't want people to see what we really look like on the inside. We don't want people to see our mask. We don't want people to see inside of us. We want to put on this facade Mm. that everything is just perfect and happy and your house is spotless, your car is spotless, whatever. You don't want people to really see inside what you got going on inside. And so we put on, we become fake people. We become almost like double, I don't know if it's not really double-minded, but two different people. Mm-hmm. Mm. And Brandon said something, we were, we were talking about this with the youth a couple of weeks ago, and it's just really been in my spirit. And he said, God don't want fake He don't want you to be fake. First of all, he already sees your mess. He already knows what's going on. He already knows your heart. He knows what's on your mind. Be real. We need to be real with him and be real with others. And so, and then he said, because Jesus can work with that. Mm -hmm. Jesus can work with real. He can't work with fake. That's right. Just the, uh, for me, whether you're a Christian or not, I'd rather you be real. Yeah, be the real you. Because that's who that's who he already knows who you are anyway. He knows your thoughts, your characteristics, everything about you. So if you're trying to be fake in front of me, and you're trying to be fake in front of him, right? He already knows the real you. So this be I'd rather a person be the real them. Don't matter what lifestyle we're living, I don't agree with it. Yeah, but that. I'd rather them be the real them and then start trying to be somebody just because I'm around or so-and-so's around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's Man, that's that's something. When you start talking about the cleaning the house, it reminded me, I seen a thing, I think maybe it was on Facebook or something last week, and, uh, you know, a, a parent, you know, got up and told the kids, hey, pick up your blankets, let's let's clean up the house and blah, 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 blah. And, and, and the kids said, oh, Mommy, who's coming over? Exactly. And she said, she said, nobody's coming over. And she said, well, then why are we cleaning? And she said, we want to clean up the house. And she said, well, there's nobody coming to see it. 
And she said, no, but we need to clean it up. And she said, but we already know that we live like this. <laughs> yeah. This is what I'm talking about. What you saw, what you heard on the beginning of the spot is the real us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how we are in real life. That's how <coughs> we are. So we know who we are in Christ. Yeah. And so a few weeks ago, we took the story of Mary and Martha. Mm-hmm. And everybody, we've heard it preached. Martha would work, 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 work. All married, it was set at Jesus' feet. Yeah. So I just picture that Martha's trying to get the house ready. Oh, Jesus is coming. We got to clean up everything. We got to put this way up, you know, do this, do the dishes, make sure, whatever. Yeah. All married, it was set at his feet. Yeah. She was real. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Listen, and I we, even. We, we don't. Uh, somebody once said we don't, we don't soap up and then get in the shower. Right. Yeah. So why are we trying to clean up everything before we go to the cross? Right. You don't wipe before you poop. No. He wants the real you. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, he's right. But we get in this mindset that, man, I got to get this straight. I got to do this. I got to do this or that before I come to Jesus. No, you don't. Yeah. He already knows your mess. That's right. He knows, hey, my house has been lived in. My house has been through some stuff. Yeah. So we just go to the cross. You don't have to worry about trying to, you know, Get everything situated. Yeah. You go to him and he cleans you up. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, that, I mean, that's a, that's a big thing. What was the verse? Oh, Titus 1.16. Such people claim they know God, but they deny him by the way they live. Mm. They are detestable and disobedient and worthless for doing anything good. And that's it. Is this NLT? Yes. Yes, that's the NLT <clears throat> translation. And so... What this says to me, if you are being fake, you so you go to church on Sunday and Wednesday and every time the doors are open, but the rest of the week you're just doing whatever you want to do. There's no conviction there. So if there's no conviction, there should be some fear mm-hmm. because right. that tells me that if there's no conviction, there's no Jesus. Yeah. Okay, now conviction and condemnation are two different things. Mm-hmm. The Bible says there's no, therefore now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. We're not being condemned, but the Holy Spirit, who is kind of like, listen, I just watched Pinocchio, so he's kind of like our Jiminy Cricket, <laughs> and we got to listen to him, <clears throat> you know? Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if you can, if you do something that you know is wrong, and you continue to do it anyway, we tell our kids all, kids all the time, you know better than that. You knew better than that. A lot of times we need to be looking in the mirror at ourselves. Mm-hmm. You knew better than that. You knew better to act that way. You knew better than to say that. And I've had to do that to myself several, several times. Um, we have to stop being fake. Jesus can't work with that. That's what Brandon said, and that really has stuck with me. Jesus can only work with real he can't work with fake. Yeah, that's true. Let me let me read from Hebrews 12. I was just reading it this morning, so it fits right in. Uh, Hebrews 12, I'll begin at uh, verse 5. says, And have you forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons? My son, do not despise the chastising of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him for whom the Lord loves he chastens and scourges every son who 
<clears throat> whom receives him. If you endure uh, chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, and this is talking about mm-hmm. conviction, this is talking about correction from the Holy Spirit, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Mm. Furthermore, we have had hus- uh, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? So, <clears throat> you know, he says that if you are truly a child of God, you're going to you're going to feel the Holy Spirit correcting you. So that goes back to exactly what you were saying. If you don't feel the Spirit correcting you uh, when you're doing things that are wrong, um, you know, whether it's as simple as stumping your toe and, and you know, having a bad thought or, or you know, saying a cuss word, whatever it is, or, uh, you know, at church one minute and at the bar the next, you know, whichever one it is, if you don't feel the Holy Spirit correcting you and telling you, hey, uh, this ain't who you are. This ain't my plan for you. This ain't where you're supposed to be. This ain't what you're supposed to be doing. This ain't the people you're supposed to be hanging out with. This ain't the the talk that you're supposed to be talking. You know, if you don't feel uh, the correction of the Holy Spirit, then there's something wrong. Right. And I mean, it, biblically, it's just plain you're not born again. Or, you know, you have denied that conviction of the Holy Spirit for so long that you've allowed the, well, goes back to what I've been preaching on for the last several weeks, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life to to uh, to hinder the, the clear voice of the Holy Spirit to you. Uh, and then in our Bible, we have a note. It says this one. For the Hebrews 12, 5 through 11, what you just read. Parents who do not discipline their children are parents who do not care. Just as a wise and constant discipline is an, an expression of a parent's love, discipline is an expression of God's love for us. God disciplines his children through the conviction of, of sin by the Holy Spirit, John sixteen eight. The correction and rebuke of his word, the accountability of the church, and sometimes external events we can accept the lord's discipline as obedience children grateful for a heavenly father who cares for us or we can resent it like rebellious teenagers conviction that we don't deserve or need his advice how might god be trying to discipline you even now and what is your response oh wow yeah that's that's real good yeah good stuff yeah when we see our kids going through this discipline thing as a parent you see your child heading for trouble you want to redirect them. You want to help them. That is a form of discipline. We're not talking about beating your kids. Yeah. Discipline is helping your kids to make the right decisions, influencing them to make good decisions. Like, you know, Riley spent the night with some friends last night, and Riley, Brandon said, make good choices. And we've always said that to our kids. And I think it used to drive Brandon crazy when the kids were little because I would say, you have to make good choices make good choices when they were little, you know, you got to choose the right, make, make the right choice. Um, but that goes for all of us. Even as adults, we have to make good choices. If we're going to tell our kids to do this stuff, mm-hmm. we have to do it too. And here's another thing about being fake. 
if you're one way at home and then you're another way in front of other people, your kids know who you mm-hmm. really are. Definitely. And yeah. they know that you're putting on a show. So children learn what they live. They're going to end up doing the same and thing. And they're going to do the same thing, the same exact thing. And what happens is you become a stumbling block for somebody else. Yes. Yeah. And actually know that person has quit church altogether or mm-hmm. just gave up. Yeah. You know? You know, but I've also seen, you know, we go to a lot of games for kids and everything like that. So, you know, we see some of the kids in church and out of church. And I've seen kids out of church that go to church and is a total different way. Mm -hmm. And that's not always the parents' fault. No. You know, I do want to say that because I've seen where the parents are very godly people. And I know inside and out there would not be like that. But the teenagers want to be more of the world than they do Christ-like at school and school events because they don't want to be shamed, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And, that, and that, to me, it's just very disturbing. And do you got some? Well, it's just, you know, I've heard from several, mainly teenage boys, um, who... You know, I've asked them, what's holding you back from just being all in for Jesus? Their top response, I'm afraid what everybody's going to think of me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and, and this past Wednesday at church, we had we had a kid come first time there and he gave his life to Jesus. 16, 17 years mm-hmm. old. Awesome. And I mean, you mm-hmm. could see the radical transformation from when he first walked in. Till, I mean, he sat there in tears, just sobbing the whole time. Mm. And so, you know, it was a radical transformation. Yeah. And I, I told him uh, before we left, when we were closing the service, I said, hey, I just want to let you know. Uh, I know that we as men and, and young men, by most of our dads, we've always been taught, hey, toughen it up. Hey, uh, suck it up. Don't. You know, rub a little dirt on it. Don't cry about that. You know, walk you got to be tough. You got to be what? Walk it off. Yeah, walk mm-hmm. it off. You got to be tough. And, and that's all good. That's all fine. But also, uh, a lot of that keeps us men and even women uh, from fulfilling who we're called to be in yeah. Jesus because we are, we're afraid to show that tender side. And I told him, I said, man, I said, don't be afraid to be tender for Jesus. Um, and mm. and I, I quoted a preacher that I, I'm sorry if anybody hears uh, Nubs, the rooster in the background. I don't know what's going on outside, but he's like our guard dog. He is more of a guard dog than our dog. <laughs> but he's going crazy out there. So if you hear him crowing, I'm sorry. But anyway, you know, I, I told I told this young man, I said, listen, there was a quote that really impacted me that I heard a preacher say several years ago. It was at a men's meeting. <clears throat> And he said, there's not a man in this room that is as macho as he pretends to be. Mm-hmm. And those who pretend to be the most macho are the ones walking in the least of a relationship with Jesus. And so that's what I feel like really needs to be poured into into young people in general, but especially young men, you know, young teenage, right. because... We've been taught, you know, toughen up, be hard on the outside. Don't let things get to us. Don't show, don't show any emotion. Don't, 
You know, don't let people know that things are getting to you. You know, be tough. Look like you're tough and, and all this. And really what that ends up doing is it ends up uh, hindering your relationship with yes. Jesus in so many ways. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? Let's flip the script. So we were talking about people coming to church and pretending to be, you know, on the right track and then being out in the world the rest of their time. But there are there are kids, especially, and I'm sure there are adults that they really love Jesus. But because they're scared of what people will think about them, Mm -hmm. they don't want people to know they're a Christian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm sure there are tons of people out there like that. We've got to start being real mm-hmm. with people. My uncle said something to me one time um, that has really stuck with me. He said, what if you run into somebody and it was God's plan for you to be the one to plant the seed that changes their life? but you're pretending to be somebody else. Mm -hmm. You've let them down. Mm -hmm. Now, God will send somebody else. I do believe that. I believe if we don't answer the call, God will find somebody that will. God will find that person that says, here I am, Lord, send me, because he's not going to leave that person hanging. It's not that person's fault that we decided to be disobedient. But how long is it going to take that person to accept Mm -hmm. it? Yes. And then that person. And that that is on us. Yeah. That's on us. There was something that I was looking up here. I'm, I'm not finding it right at the moment. I need to look in my... If y'all got anything, go ahead. I'll. Yeah, that's why our identity is important, and mm-hmm. knowing that we are in Christ. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't have... And I was this way for a long time at work, just out anywhere, really. Man, I, I can't be too too much of a Christian, but inside, it's like the Lord's just... There's this fire burning, right? Like I know what the Lord's called me to and what He's called us to do. But I mean, I don't want to push people. I don't want to, you know, you know, you kind of take it back, kind of pull it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. But man, that's that's not who Jesus is. He went all the way to the cross for us. Yeah. So we need to be all in for Him. So we get a lot of us get in that mindset, and we're just, I don't want to be too churchy or Christiany or whatever you want to call it. You know, so it's like a lot of us pull it back instead of just being, hey. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. Because when I came, to, when I came to the cross, I was broken. Yeah. <clears throat> I come as the real Brandon. Yeah. There was no facade. There was no nothing. I'm broken. I need you. I can't do it without you. That's good. I was I was looking at this uh, from the New King James and from the NLT. Um. It's Matthew 12, but I'm going to read it here. It, it It's where Jesus uh, was being accused of casting out demons uh, by Satan, basically, and, and saying that, you know, and this is where, you know, he says, those who blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you know, it's, it's an unpardonable sin, and, th- and that... In this context, that's what they were doing. They were saying, hey, uh, you know, what you're doing, the works of the Holy Spirit that you're doing, it's of Satan. And that's where, you know, we've got to be very careful. But in verse 30, uh, he says, he who is not with me is against me. 
Mm-hmm. And he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. It's very important for us to know that's that is Jesus speaking. And it's plain as day. If you're not with me, you're against me. Right. There is no in between. There's you know, no fence. There's no fence. People, you know, there's that old saying about riding the fence. There's really no fence. And if there was a fence, Satan owns the fence. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you're on the fence, then you're on Satan's side. And this is a thing that people don't like to hear either. Uh, in this world, it don't matter what you are doing. You're either serving God mm-hmm. or you're serving Satan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. You can be a great person. You can give to all sorts of charities. You can you can be the, the best person in the world but if you are not serving God then technically you are serving Satan and you know I I preached it a few years ago a message and and it's always been one of those things that the Lord spoke to me one time because I I had somebody say you know you hear people all the time say you know I I just believe if you're a good person you know you'll, you'll go to heaven that's not what the Bible says good people go to hell Every single day, good people go mm-hmm. to hell. And and that's something that people don't like to hear. And it all goes back to they don't want to truly submit. They don't want to surrender to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. They don't want to come out and say, hey, Jesus has changed me. This is who I am. Not be afraid of, of offending or, or running off their friends or whatever. Um, but it's very important for us to understand. Jesus said, if you're not with me, you're against me. Yes. So, I mean, that's pretty doggone blunt. Yeah, I, yeah, I heard people say that. I used to say that, too. I'm a good person. I'm a good person. And the Lord's like, well, son, you are a good person, but I can make you a better person. Because mm-hmm. you're, I'm all you need. Yeah. But being a good yeah. person is not what gives right. you salvation. That's right. Being born again is what gets you salvation. It's what, you know, anchoring your faith in Jesus and his finished work, trusting in who he is and what he has done, that is what guarantees you salvation and and sanctification and growing in your knowledge of your righteousness uh, in the Lord. But that is, that's what gets you to heaven. You know, that's what makes you a child of God, not just not just being a good person. And it's so sad because there's so many uh, people out there today. And sadly, so many preachers and so many denominations and, and religious systems that basically teach if you're a good person, yeah, then you're OK and you're on your way to heaven. But that's not, you know. Jesus said if anyone wants to come after me, he must first deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. Denying yourself, that means that means you're you know. It don't matter how good you are. Yeah. It don't matter how much you give to the church. It don't matter how many times a week you're in the church. It don't matter if you're you're cleaning and mopping and and scrubbing toilets. It don't matter if you're giving to St. Jude's or all these other great charities out there. does not matter what you are doing to be a good person and do good deeds. If you are not born again, 
if you're not trusting Jesus with your whole life, yeah. then you you're you're not on your way to heaven. And that's a sad fact that sadly uh, so many are dying and going to hell because they they believe oh I, I just be a good person. Mm. Yeah. I heard Damon Thompson preach one time and he was talking about vaccines and you know when you get a vaccine they give you just enough of a dead virus to make you immune yeah. to the flu or whatever it is. Inoculation. Inoculation. Yeah. That's what most people want to Jesus. They want just enough Jesus that they're immune. They think they're immune mm-hmm. <laughs> to um, Satan's attacks, but they don't want to take on the whole spirit. Mm-hmm. Well, they want to go to church and say, oh, that's enough. Yeah. No, I mm-hmm. go to church, so I'm good. You know, it's not about going to church. Sadly, there's there's many, many, many people who sit on church pews or in chairs in church every time the doors are open who are going to bust hell wide open because they're not truly born again. Mm-hmm. They they go as a religious checklist or they go saying, oh, well, you know, this is what my mom and dad did. This is what my mama and papa did. I think I'm good. You know, uh, go to church and you be a good person. That's not what makes you born again. I have heard so many stories of pastors, Sunday school teachers, worship leaders, so many of them who have preached and taught and and led worship for 20 years and then come back and actually get born again and and come out to their congregation, come out to people and say, you know, I I just now really got saved. Yeah. That is, wow. Because they didn't have a relationship with them. Yeah. I mean, they had religion. They had grown up in church. They had they had went through all of the routines and the rituals and, and done all of the stuff that, you know, religion says that you're supposed to do to yeah. be a good person and to be a Christian. But that's that's not Bible unless you are born again. Jesus says it in John 3 when he's talking to Nicodemus. He says, you must be born again. Yeah. You know, and, and that's that's a scary thing that a lot of people don't preach anymore. Mm-hmm. So What's, go ahead, I'm sorry. What if we, and people say this all the time, we're all God's children. No, sir. There you go. Bible says you must be born again. Yep. We have to we have to choose to be a child of God. I, I don't know how many times y'all have heard that, but I've heard that. Mm. Oh, yeah. God loves, God does love you. Yep. We're all God's children. He'll love you all the way to the gates of hell, too. Unless you're born again. You're probably looking, I have a feeling you're looking for the verse that I was looking for. Where it's in Revelation, where it talks about, they say to me, I have cast out demons in your oh, name. Uh, the, well, there's actually in uh, Matthew 7. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Matthew 7. Let me run over there real quick. Matthew 7. Matthew 7. Uh, Matthew seven twenty one. Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, yeah. shall enter the kingdom yeah. of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Mm -hmm. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness or, or you who work iniquity, as some translations say. 
Um, the one that I was looking for is over in First John, uh, chapter three. It says uh, we'll begin at verse four. It says whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know. Uh, that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him, this is talking about Jesus, does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother." Now, what that's talking about, some people say, well, I, th I thought we all sin. Okay, we do all sin and fall short of the glory of God. But what this is talking about is willfully, continuously mm -hmm. practicing sin. Right? Choosing. Choosing sin. to sin. You know, we, we mess up and sin. You know, we have bad days. We Whatever excuse we want to come up with. But this is talking about uh, when you continuously and just willfully sin and live in sin, then you're not a child of God. Right. I mean, it, it's plain as day. Well, you know, and I've, that's something that I've said to the youth for years, just to make an example, I'll be sitting beside, you know, Felicity and I'll kind of, not real hard, but like smack her on the arm and say, I'm sorry. And wait just a minute, smack her again, say, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. and a few minutes later, smack her again, say, I'm sorry. And finally, somebody will say, why do you keep doing it if you're sorry? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If you really choose to repent, which is turn away. And change. And change. Change the way you Then think. you are really sorry. If, if you're going out on Saturday night and you're at the bar and you're drinking like a fish and... You're sick as a dog, and then you come home, come home, and you go to church the next morning. Lord, please forgive me. And then the next Saturday, Lord, please, the same routine over, and it's just an endless cycle. You're not really sorry. Mm -hmm. Don't tell me you're sorry if you're not really sorry. And I'm sure God feels the same way. You're not. He knows that next Saturday you're going right back to the bar. Mm -hmm. Well, see, with us, we think just in our Americanized version of Christianity, people have been taught, well, repentance is just to feel remorse for something. That's not it. Mm -mm. Yeah, you will feel remorse if, you know, you, you're convicted of sin. But repent means to change the way you yeah. think. No, I've went over it a thousand times. The word in the Greek is metanoia. Mm -hmm. And it's where we get our English word metamorphosis. Mm -hmm. So... I always use the example of the caterpillar. He goes into the cocoon, comes out as a new beautiful butterfly. And so he's a totally different critter. You can't even tell that he was ever a caterpillar. Yes. You know, so that's what that's what metanoia, that's what true repentance does to a person. Not saying that you're gonna be perfect and, and that you're never gonna sin again, 
but you your desires change. You do not have the desire to live in continuous willful sin if you have truly repented. And listen, there's going to be somebody that's going to listen to this and say, well, listen, them judging and them casting <laughs> stones. But let me point this out to you. Everybody loves to quote that verse. Those without sin cast the first stone. Y'all need to go and read that whole chapter. Well, the, the very Take end of it. the verse. You, Everybody takes it out of a context, context. They want to say those without sin cast the first stone. What happened after that? Yes, the Pharisees dropped their stones and they ran away. Jesus, I picture him bending down, helping that lady that was caught in adultery up off the ground, dusting her off, loving on her. And then he says to her, now go and sin no more. Mm -hmm. People forget about well, that part of it. And verse. everybody quotes, everybody loves to quote Matthew 7, 1, that says, judge not lest you be judged. Yeah. You know. Uh, but they never read the rest of that chapter. If uh, if they read the whole chapter, they're saying, hey, Jesus is saying, hey, make sure that you're correcting yourself and you're not caught up in the same sin as they are before you go trying to help them out of their sin. Mm -hmm. In John seven twenty four, Jesus actually tells us to judge. Listen to this. He says, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with a righteous judgment. Yeah. So judge according to what the Word of God says. That's what it's saying. Yeah. The Bible is clear that we are to judge. We are to hold people accountable. Yes. The world the world don't know any better. But yes. those who are believers, the Bible is clear. I mean, Paul even goes in First uh, or Second Corinthians. I can't remember which one it is. Paul even goes as far as to say, uh, don't even have any fellowship Yes. with those who claim to be believers but live in sin. Mm. Cast them completely out. Don't even have fellowship with them. That's the price of being fake. Yeah. That's what it is. I mean, this is dangerous. People think it's a game and, oh, nobody knows. I may not know. Jonna may not know. Casey and Coach may not know. But God knows, and that's the only person that matters. If he knows who you really are when you're not sitting in the bench or in your seat at church, that is what matters. Mm -hmm. Stop being fake. We have got this. Is, it's dangerous. This is literally eternity. This is heaven or hell. Being a fake Christian, there's not a fake heaven, y'all. Yeah. You can't go to fake heaven and real heaven. There's not outskirts like some of them country songs is. You know, I want to live on the outskirts of heaven. I mean, I want to be in heaven. Yeah, I don't want to live on. There's not outskirts. You're either in heaven or you're in hell. God does not send us to hell. He did not make hell for us. We make that choice. If you are getting ready to get in your car and you are drunk and you choose those keys, or you grab the keys. Where am I trying to go with this? I had a good thought. <laughs> you make the decision. To you make. You have to make the decision. You have to make the choice not to get in that car and drive. It's not up to me or Jonna or Casey or Brandon. We can try to stop you, but if you still get in that car and drive, you have signed your fate. You mm -hmm. you've signed that off. Jesus Jesus says uh, in Revelation chapter three. 
uh, begin at verse 14 and says, And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither hot or cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. A lukewarm Christian is Satan's biggest weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We we think, oh, it's alcohol. Oh, it's drugs. Oh, it's 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 porn. It's it's sex addiction. It's all you know. We name all of these things. No, a lukewarm Christian. Uh, or someone who claims to be a follower of Jesus, yet they do not uh, live a life with fruit showing that they are a follower of Jesus. They believe, oh, well, I can I can go to church and then I'm okay to go and, and go to the bar and then go, um, go, for lack of a better term, whoring around. You know, oh, I, I'm okay. I'm okay. No, no. Jesus said, since you're neither hot nor cold, you're lukewarm, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. And I don't know about y'all, but that don't sound like he wants you anywhere near him. That don't sound like you're headed to heaven. No. So it's very, very dangerous ground. So, and this is what I get. You're real cold or you're real hot. The real you's either cold or the real you's hot. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's it. I read this quote this morning, and so I'm going to share it. It says, don't let your lips and your lives preach two different messages. That's mm. good. Yeah, that's definitely right. Because he's telling us, be, I'd rather you be hot or cold than lukewarm. That's it. So if the real you is cold, the real you is hot, whichever it is, don't be lukewarm. Yeah. Don't be, be real. Fake. Be real. That's just like Facebook posts. You have one person praying one minute, and the next they're cussing up a storm. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I laugh, but yeah. going back to the verse, she's like, let him without first sin cast the first stone. I, my response now is, what's the rest of that verse? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, 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 I don't know. You quote that part. It's simple. It's right there. Yeah. You what's quote the that, but you don't ever quote the end. Yeah, it yeah, says, yeah. go yeah. and sin no more. Most of them don't know it. Right. No, they just know that because they've heard it. Well, it's just the same as as the ones who try to quote uh, Matthew 7 1. All they know is judge not. They they don't know the rest of it. my response, what's the rest of that verse say? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. They don't know. They don't say it. Okay. Well, we, why are you using that if you don't know the rest of it? Yeah. We heard something this morning, and it, Brandon said, that'll preach. It was. Uh, I always listen to that uh, name of Thomas message I sent y'all. Yeah. The last, last one. I don't remember one day, but he's talking about. He was in Alabama, and the Alabama game was going on. These people were hooping and hollering, wearing the jerseys. He said, you guys don't even play for the team. <laughs> Why you got a Jesus shirt on if you ain't playing for the team? That's, That's it. Good. That's yeah. it. Why you got that steer on your back if you don't even know who he is. Right. Yeah. Why are you in your car with your Jesus fish on the back of it, and God you're only saying, knows what you're listening you to in, in that game. car? Why you all dressed up like a fan? Yeah. You ain't like you're like you're playing in the game. You yeah. dressed up, but you ain't. No, that's. I got the hat. I got a t-shirt. That'll preach all day. And we was cracking up because he's talking. He's giving an example about the Lord of Alabama don't win every game. The world's going to end. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't care if I lost the games I played in. Much less the ones I ain't. Have, I'll have no control over. Right. And it's it's the truth. It's this is a here's the big thing though. What people need to realize. 
And this is where the gospel comes uh, full circle and, and what people need to understand. It's not you doing the works. Yeah. When you truly are born again and you surrender to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, He does the work through you. He is your power source. He empowers you to live a righteous and holy life. It's not you going through religious do's and don'ts and religious routines and a rule book and all this other stuff. When you just rest in the finished work of Jesus, then he takes over and he does the work through you. So it's not that you're doing all of this stuff to try to be clean and to try to try to get rid of your sin and all this. No, you rest. You trust in Him. Trust in what He's done. Let the Holy Spirit do a work in you, and He will change your desires. You'll look back and realize, you know, I don't have, I, I've, I've not had a desire for that pornography. I've not had a desire for that cigarette or those drugs or that alcohol mm-hmm. or that, that bar hopping life or, or whatever it is. I've, I've not even had a desire for that. All I've had a desire for is to focus on Jesus and, and grow in my understanding of who I am in him. That's that's the that's the beauty of it, and that's what religion don't teach you. Religion says you got to keep doing all this and do this and do this. You will work when you're resting in the finished work of, of God. Mm-hmm. You'll do more work for God than you ever did when you were doing it through religion. Yeah. But it's from the power source of the Holy Spirit. And when you're letting the Holy Spirit do the work, when you're letting the Holy Spirit uh, lead you and guide you. You're not going to get burnt out. You're not going to. You're not going to be down and out. You're going to rest and let the Holy Spirit do the work, and He changes you. He transforms you. He uh, makes you into a new creation. So, that's the big thing that people need to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else before we close this thing out? Well, you said, you know, you haven't had a desire to do all that stuff, but other people may still have desires or, I mean, not desires, but... Temptation. The temptation's always there. Yeah. Yeah. But if you just keep pressing in and not give in, it'll get easier. Right. And if you need help in those areas, don't pretend that you don't. Go to somebody that you trust that will... Somebody that will give you Christian counsel that will lead you in the right direction, that will encourage you and pray for you and be there for you. Find somebody that you trust to lean on. That's right. Because we need each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And be real and don't be fake. Don't pretend like everything's okay if it's not. People can't help you, like Brandon said. Can't work with fake. Mm-hmm. We got to work with real. The Bible says that bad company corrupts good morals. So you've got to look at your environment. Mm-hmm. You've got to look at what you're allowing yourself to be surrounded by. And I, you know, we told the youth this, and and I, I tell everybody this. You look around and see your friends, your relationships, whatever it is. Are those people you you need to examine and you need to ask this this one question? Are those people uh, encouraging you and making you want to grow in your relationship with Jesus or are they pulling you away? 
are they distracting you mm-hmm. from yes. Jesus? If you have any friends, relationships, whatever it is, who are distracting you from your relationship with Jesus, they need to be eliminated. And you don't have to be like, hey, uh, bye, Felicia. You know, but you need to distance yourself yeah. from from those kind of relationships because that's you've got to surround yourself with people who are on your side and who are going to give you the correct advice and godly advice from the Bible, not their opinions, not what man yes. thinks, not what the world thinks, not what a psychologist thinks. Biblical you, truth. You, yeah, biblical truth. That's what you need in your life. That's the people that you need to go to. And you don't need, you know, all kinds of people that you're spilling your guts to about no. deep personal issues. You need two or three good, uh, solid, strong believers that you know are going to give you biblical direction and 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 pray you through situations. That's what you need. So this is yeah. just one thing I always tell Riley, our son, everybody don't belong on your boat. That's exactly yeah. right. You go around telling everybody what you're struggling with. You need somebody who's going to lead you to biblical truth. Mm-hmm. Amen. And you yeah. can't save everybody. You can't put everybody you in can't. your boat. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very good. I believe this has been one of the most important episodes we've ever had. I agree. So. It was, and I think there was some, it was some hard stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Um, Thanks for uh, for supporting us. If you have any questions, thoughts, comments, prayer requests, praise reports. Man, I used to get tongue-tied on that. I don't anymore. <laughs> praise the Lord, I got it memorized. Yeah, and you might get diarrhea and, and, and lymphoma and, and all this oh other stuff. God. Just the way they bring it across, like, they go through all everything. It's like, man, without missing a beat. Yeah. yeah. If you, I'll, just, I'll just keep my dry skin. I'm good. Yeah. If, if you guys need to contact us, feel free to do so. Wrestlingforthefaith at gmail.com. We love you. God bless you. Our chicken's done. We're going to go eat. We love you and have a great day. Thank you for listening to Wrestling for the Faith. Don't forget to follow Casey Cage on Twitter at Real Casey Cage. Follow Chad Lale on Twitter at CWLale underscore Gunner. And follow the show at Facebook.com slash Wrestling for the Faith.